0: The Supreme Court began a new term today hopefully building off the momentum of their historic overturn of Roe versus Wade in June there's a bunch of potential cases that could be added to the docket lots of opportunities for the conservative leaning court to guide the country in a better direction and also today we will see the first session with Joe Biden's newly appointed justice Katanji Brown Jackson Jackson mm-hmm.
1: she is for real never had a justice mm-hmm. quite like her. She's a former public defender. Katanji Brown Jackson, she is for
0: real. Now you knew we could not go through the first day of Ketanji Brown Jackson's reign as a Supreme Court jurist without playing the Ketanji Brown Jackson song. So let's get it out of our systems right now and just watch the whole horrible thing.
1: Ketanji Brown Jackson, Ooh. she is for real Never had a justice quite like her. She's a former public defender. Ketanji Brown-Jackson, she is for real. Harvard grad judged at the circuit court and the trial court. She knows the score. Ketanji Brown-Jackson, she is for real. Many a day has gone by with no black female voice. Want the most qualified? KBJ's a clear choice. Clerped at all three levels of the judiciary. That's way more than can be said for Miss Amy Coney. Barrett pushed it faster than Cancun Cruz when he fled. So spare us all that like you thought we'd forget. KBJ is the GOAT. Oh, you want an explanation? Let's look at how much they all did before the nominations. KBJ's is of experience. She judged for 8.9. Yeah, that's more than Thomas Roberts, Kagan, and Barrett combined.
0: Stew does America. <laughs> we played that song so many times. We always play the one clip of it, and I, I we went so deep that time. I felt like we were like deep in an album cut. And it was a little disturbing, honestly. BlazeTV.com slash Stu is the place to go. Use the promo code Stu to sign up. Uh, Get set 10 bucks off if you're watching on YouTube. Make sure to click and like this video right this moment. I'll wait. Thanks, also click follow and click the bell as well. Kirk Cameron is gonna be here today to tell us how he's bringing the American campfire back to all of us. John Fetterman's vandalistic past is back to haunt him. This is a bizarre story, but we start by doing racist hurricanes. Hurricanes don't just hit everyone, of course. They are mainly motivated by skin color. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's how all of this works. Environmental justice, of course, very, very important. Let's uh, go through what's actually happening and where this is, of course, going. Florida's death toll from Hurricane Ian now is up to 88 as the search for survivors continue. It's one of those things where we don't have a lot of storms that kill 100 people anymore. Back in the day, we did. You'd think because we hear that global warming is getting so much worse and everything is getting so much worse all the time that the rates would be going up. But as we've discussed many times, the death due to climate related uh, tragedies like this has fallen by over 99 percent over the past hundred years. So we are much, much less susceptible to these types of tragedies than we were before. So when you see a number like 88, uh, it's a pretty, pretty bad one. Uh, of course, this is an opportunity for the left. Uh, this is not something, now if this happened in Texas, you know, Beto would be all over it, trying to take advantage, but the Democrats and the media as well are trying to take uh, advantage of this tragedy. It's kind of what they do. And we warned you about this last week. This is going to be the main postscript of this hurricane. Was it, how much of it can we blame on Ron DeSantis? Here's a guy who is on the rise politically, potentially the next president of the United States. They have an opportunity, a rare opportunity to take him out early, before he even enters the race, so they're going to do everything they can to try to make that happen. Bloomberg wrote, uh, Ron DeSantis, and the rise of free lunch conservatism. Florida's governor likes to bash big government while benefiting from its largesse. How far can this style of politics take him? Just written as a fact. That's absolutely what he's doing. He's, just, he's benefiting off of government largesse. Is this a good move for his career? Totally fair story. DeSantis asked the feds for hurricane relief, but he's long used their cash. Florida's now poised to benefit from billions of dollars in additional federal assistance to grapple with the devastating damage left by Hurricane Ian. Uh, DeSantis wants a no on storm aid, petitions a president. He's bashed. Now, of course, this is the case after every major storm. If every Republican begs a Democrat for money, every Democrat begs the Republican for money. And, you know, honestly, is it my favorite way of running a country? No, it's not. I don't necessarily think that the right way for a country to operate is to have its centralized federal government on call for every tragedy that happens around the country to come in and pay for it. That wasn't the way it was for a very long time here in this country. And I know a lot of people believe that's one of the central things the government should do. And I, I can understand that. I don't know... Exactly where it is in the Constitution. You know, it's not disallowed in the Constitution. You could pass laws, but it never seemed to be a central focus of what uh, the federal government was supposed to do. We adopted it a long time ago. It's a bigger battle I'd love to fight on another day. But the idea that there's some strange thing about a Republican or a Democrat being a governor of a state that's hit by a tragedy Someone who has been critical of the opposite party president and then them working together during a tragedy. This is not I mean tons of, you know, the people of New York uh, now at that time it was Pataki, but there's tons and tons of local officials around New York during 9-11 who were very much working with. George W. Bush, a person they probably called a terrorist two weeks before. I mean, that's just the way this stuff works. And, uh, you know, there's nothing notable there. Civilians are furious as relief operations paused while Governor Ron DeSantis toured a hard hit area. Now, this is funny because if he didn't tour it, he would be callous and he would, have, he, would not be, he would not have enough attention on what was really going on on the ground. Then when he tours it, they complain about something else. DeSantis defends early hurricane response as questions mount over evacuations. A storm hits, DeSantis pauses his political bomb throwing. Yes, it's all the bomb throwing. This is, another, uh, this is, uh, this is the reverse of the Republican pounce narrative. He was pouncing before, this time he's, he's okay because he's getting free money and help from the federal government. This one, I don't even understand. Far right pundits baselessly claim Hurricane Ian was created by the deep state to target Ron DeSantis and other red states. They're angry with us. Is that. Has anyone heard? What far right sources are doing that? I I don't know. We're going to have to. Maybe that's a whole other show for another day. I don't. I've not heard that one yet. Maggie Haberman, who's got a big Donald Trump book coming out here soon. Uh, The death county uh, death toll in Lee County is now up to about 35. She writes a delayed evacuation and a massive death toll. Now, this, of course, is not something she's just observing and posting she's posting it with a reason behind it which is to try to direct the blame to Ron DeSantis. Now DeSantis is now um, defending the timing of the uh, evacuations in Lee County and I want to give you this is yet another uh, Ron DeSantis um, I don't know um, online e-course on how to deal with reporters because The the questions always come with a tilt. And the way Republicans... There's two ways to to respond. You can get all angry and scream and just say fake news. And, you know, look, Donald Trump uh, is the one guy who seems to be able to pull that stuff off. But generally speaking... You know, if you're just yelling at the reporter, you're probably not winning the argument. Same thing with the other way, you know, back, go back to Mitt Romney. He'd say "There, well, I think your your observation is absolutely correct. And we are absolutely terrible, but we're trying to be slightly better at some point in the future. There's a couple of approaches that, that just don't work. Ron DeSantis finds he doesn't even accept the premise of the question here. Look at the way he dismantles this. Really, within the first sentence, he really is able to dismantle this this uh, reporter's uh, argument that he was uh, he did a terrible job here within I don't know eight words. Listen,
1: do you stand behind Lee County's decision to not have
0: that mandatory evacuation until the day before the storm? Well, did you? Where was your industry station uh, when the storm hit? Were you guys in Lee County? No, you were in Tampa. So that's, you know, they were following the weather track and um, they had to make decisions based on that. But, you know, 72 hours, they weren't even in the cone. 48 hours, they were on the periphery. Uh, So you got to make the decisions the best you can. I will say, uh, you know, they delivered the message to people. They had shelters open. Uh, You know, everybody had adequate opportunity to at least get to a shelter within the county. Um, But, you know, a lot of the residents did not want to do that. I think for probably for various reasons. Some people just don't want to leave their home, period. They're island people, whatever. But I think part of it was so much attention was paid to Tampa that I think a lot of them probably thought that they wouldn't get the worst of it. So, you know, they um, but they did. And and I think it's um, it's easy to second guess them. But they were ready for the whole time and um, and and made that call when when there was justifiable to do so. He's also got a mastery of the details that we haven't seen from a lot of Republican politicians, which is nice. That wasn't just an insult. That wasn't just, hey, I don't know. Where the hell were you guys? You guys are in Tampa. So that's where we were focusing until the weather predictions changed that we moved our stuff. That's obviously the the functional part of that to take the reporters kind of, you know, uh, ridiculous assumption that that he did something wrong and say, well, that's what everybody thought. It was put in a very clear way. But then he goes on to outline the details of what's going on in the state. And he has a very good handle on what's going on. He also has been doing different things on the ground. Uh seemed to have pretty good reviews so far. This isn't one of those storms that really I think there's been a lot of criticism on the, on the national scale of Joe Biden even uh, from the right. I, don't, I haven't heard much of that. I also haven't heard much of uh, the criticism on the left, real criticism, When it comes to Ron DeSantis, there's the typical stuff like, well, he's just mean and, um, you know, he's a racist or, you know, he's asked he asked for he asked for money during the hurricane. Those sorts of things you'd expect. But really, it doesn't seem like there's much meat on the bone here. Uh, DeSantis is also working with Elon Musk. They partner to put satellites in the areas struck by Hurricane Ian. You need to get Internet. uh, And uh, there's a lot of problems structurally there. So, uh, you know, this is now multiple times Elon Musk has stepped up in these moments to help uh, burying communities that are going through difficult times, uh, able, kind of be able to step up and, and access uh, the internet. Um, and of course, you get some fun stuff like this as well. Here's a gentleman who is going to express to you who he supports for governor in Florida. That's about
1: the Santas, but that gas is here in Arcadia. In, in, in Arcadia. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but it's here in Arcadia. So y'all know who we vote for. <laughs> I don't know about the rest of you, mother- I'm <laughs> vote for DeSantis, and I'm a Democrat. So y'all calling the f- y'all. We, can call it. we got children out okay, here. Okay, I'm sorry,
0: man. <laughs> we got children out here. Well, he was excited for Ron DeSantis, and who, who wouldn't be in that moment? I guess maybe Kamala Harris wouldn't be, because Kamala is a bit uh, upset about what's going on in uh, in Florida—not the storm per se, but the targeting of the storm of people. Of color. Now this is the this is a segment about racist hurricanes. You need to understand that these hurricanes seek out people of color to do the most damage possible. And that's why, of course, they need the most stuff first in line when a tragedy hits. You don't just look to who has the most immediate need. You have to look at the color of skin to understand who should get the stuff first. This is the Kamala Harris uh, construct of hurricane response. I want you to hear her lay it out for you. It is our
1: um, lowest income communities and our communities of color that are most impacted by these extreme conditions and and impacted by by issues that are not of their own making. And, and so women. we absolutely. And so we huh. have to address this in a way that is about. Giving resources based on equity, understanding that we, oh. we fight for equality, but we also need to fight for equity, understanding really? not everyone starts out at the same place. Mm. <laughs> and if we want people to be in an equal place, sometimes we have to take into account those disparities
0: um, and, and do that work. Uh, I love that condescending smile of Kamala Harris. Uh, that's the that's the the part of her speech when she thinks she has a really good point. She gives you that kind of like, "Uh uh, you know what I'm saying out there, don't you? Oh, everybody loves me. That's different from when she's just meandering into areas she doesn't understand at all and just keeps blathering and saying work over and over again. I mean, she ended that one with work, but generally speaking, she knew where she was going there. That's a hardcore left-wing point. And what's interesting about it is it's moments like this where the ridiculousness of left-wing policies really comes into focus. You know, it's, it's the type of thing where it's easy to argue in a classroom that equity is the way to go. You can come up with a meme with kids standing behind the fence, stealing access uh, to a, a baseball game. That's The the fact that theft is their example with that meme uh, to show you what equity is versus equality is somewhat revealing. Uh, But it is an interesting thing because they say, hey, we should give out hurricane funds based on equity. And in a classroom, maybe that makes sense. But does it make sense when you see people's lives destroyed, when you see people without homes, when you see people who have lost loved ones, people who are struggling for water, for food, for, for health care? Does it make any sense after a storm like this to base it on equity? Does it make sense to have a person with lighter skin moved to the back of the line because you're going to take a person of color first? Did it make sense when that seemed to be our policy the other way? I kind of feel like that was really wrong back then, and it would be really wrong now. I mean, if you think about it fundamentally, if... if you had to get out. Everyone needed to get on a bus to go to get the aid from the hurricane. Would we put people with a certain skin color at the back of the bus? I mean, would we literally execute this policy all over again? Because to me, that sounds completely insane. This is one thing I thought we worked past and apparently not. And sometimes it's hard to to detect how ludicrous these things are when they're not put into practice in moments That matter Now, of course, now the light of day has been uh, uh, is now hitting the face of of people like Kamala Harris. They're reversing their positions. Kamala Harris dodged a question asking uh, about dispersing Hurricane Ian relief based on equity. And FEMA head has now come out and said, ah, no, 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 no. Uh, It will go to all communities and rejected Harris's calls for equity. Of course, that makes sense. And now that they're caught, they have to say that. But you see where their head's at. Every single time, it's the same. It's a constant and undying focus on race and gender and sexuality and all these things over and over and over again. Uh, Identity uh, as some sort of identity politics rules the day every single time. And it's important to understand that the left wing ideas come and go mainly when they try to be implemented. It's hard sometimes because people feel bad about saying certain things. They feel bad. They want to make sure everything is is nice and fair. And, of course, fair is good. But fair and what the left is presenting are two different things. Let me give you a couple other examples of this. A girls' volleyball team was banned from their own locker room over a complaint about a transgender student. Now, maybe... And I don't know what classroom this is, but maybe there's a classroom out there that says, you know what? This makes a lot of sense. Uh, We should put transgender people who are boys, born boys, and they should go in the girls locker room. That makes a lot of sense. Maybe in a classroom, maybe there are gender arguments that make some sense in some essay and some liberal rag. But when it comes down to your kids and genders mixing as teenagers in a high school locker room, you kind of get the idea that it's completely absurd. Another example of this would be when your daughter gets her ass kicked by a guy swimming in the swim meet. That's uh, the type of thing that gets people to kind of just step up and say, wait a minute. I remember the essay, but this is obviously not right. 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 Or this, Uh, Bro's box office. The star Billy Eichner, who, if he is in fact a star, that is news to me, decries homophobia after dismal opening. The movie launched to just $4.8 million. Now, I guess this is a romantic comedy with a couple of guys. And If we want to make romantic comedies with a couple of guys, good for you. It's up to you to, of course, operate in the market and people are going to either like the movie or not like the movie. Uh, that's you know, he said, oh, well, it didn't do very well in the middle of the country. That's because of homophobia. It didn't seem to do really well anywhere. I mean, there's plenty. I, like, I don't think that there's a, there's a plenty of an audience. I mean, we're by the way, there's a lot of shows that are very successful that that uh, hit this same content. So I don't think this has uh, any validity. But like beyond this, we're now getting to the point where. We have to. What are we saying here? You're you're homophobic if you don't want to go to this guy's movie. Does that make any sense to anyone whatsoever? No, of course not. I mean, we 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 we're not going to sit here and 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 uh, and ask gay people to watch straight porn. We're not going to ask straight people to watch gay porn. That's just like, what happened to the idea of sexual preference? Aren't we allowed to have our own thing? Everyone's got their thing, right? I think everybody should have their thing and be able to do whatever thing they want to do. Do your thing. But I mean, you're not supposed to ask other people to adopt your thing. I mean, look, people want to go to that movie? Great. If it was a good movie, I guarantee you, people would go see it. This This is the market. This is how... It operates. No one was, there weren't any Gestapo out in front of the movie theater saying, don't you dare, don't you dare go to that movie. People didn't go to that movie because they didn't think it was going to be funny. And that's it. This is the sort of thing that our society is supposed to do. When you put these things, when they say it so blatantly, it's homophobia because my movie didn't do well. It sort of just shows you that their points are sort of absurd on, on the surface. It, you don't even need to go deeper. The points are just dumb when they try to be implemented. It's important for everyone to understand that when you look at something like what's going on with a hurricane, this is about politics. These points are not supposed to matter to you. They're just functional pegs in a, in a, uh, in a long ladder to try to get you to hate Ron DeSantis and for him to lose. It's, it's always about what is in front of these people at this exact moment. Every person on the left, every Democratic figure, every media person, they sit here and they make these decisions on the fly. That's why they are so inconsistent so often. It's whatever is in front of them at that moment, whatever task they have to uh, fill at that exact moment, whatever box they need to check. They'll make that argument that day. That's why when we talk about life issues, they are suddenly libertarians for 15 minutes. Oh, gosh, hands off my body. I don't want the government involved in my life. How can anyone buy these arguments? Hopefully the American people are waking up and that is uh, stopping. But honestly, it's a long, long road. The election's six weeks away and God only knows what's going to happen between now and then. Ah, yes. You know me. The picture of health. Yeah. America's healthiest person. That's me. A lot of people uh, maybe uh, have some issues with energy. I've had problems with energy before. You get kind of late in the day and you kind of want to just pass out, fall over, fall asleep. Well, you can do a little bit better than that. Have you heard about tart cherry gummies? Uh, you know, this is uh, from Super Beats. You probably have heard of Superbeets and their heart chews. Well, they're an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise. If you happen to be one of those gym rats out there, you know I am, of course, obviously, all the time. And you can support your metabolic health as well. These are gummies. They taste really good. Uh, they have clinically studied tart cherry extract. That is up to 40 times more concentrated than many other tart cherry extracts. That means that you're getting the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tar- tart cherry juice, which I don't, I don't know. I never, I don't think I've ever had tart cherry juice so just like doing shots of it, but 16 ounces would be a lot. You don't want to do that. Much better to go with the chews. They're vegan, non-GMO, have zero sugar, and most important, they're delicious. Formulated by a team of scientists led by a Nobel Prize winning doctor, tart Cherry has been clinically studied to support metabolic health, and they come with 100% satisfaction guarantee. So what do you got to lose? You try them risk-free for 90 days. See if you uh, if you like them, how you feel. If you like the taste, I think you will. If you don't love them, Send them back, no questions asked, but you're going to love them. Right now, you can get 35% off tart cherry gummies, plus free shipping at mytartcherry.com stew. This is their best offer available anywhere, mytartcherry.com stew, for up to 35% off tart cherry gummies. It's mytartcherry.com stew. I'm joined now by a man who needs no interu- introduction, but I will give you one anyway, because that's what I do here. He's an actor, producer, and now host of the audio podcast version of his wildly popular series, American Campfire Revival. It's Kirk Cameron. Kirk, thanks so much for coming on the program. Hey, man. Great great to see
2: you. Great to talk with you. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. And I want to start by asking you a very stupid question, but I'm fascinated by this. I love these kinds of questions. <laughs> Did you actually <laughs> record the podcast by your actual campfire, actually outdoors.
2: Yes, absolutely. This, listen, when I started the American Campfire Revival, this was, did not intend to be a show. This was the last ditch effort to maintain my sanity when I was under house arrest from our governor, Gavin Newsom, mm. out here in the communist state of California during the pandemic, when everyone was under lockdown. And I thought, rather than just wait for the first hundred days, of the new president's plan to just roll out from Capitol Hill, why don't we as the family of faith have a plan to bring restoration and hope and healing to America? So I figured I'd I'd pull some mandates from heaven like uh, if we would pray, if we would turn from our own wicked ways, if we would seek God with all of our heart, maybe he'll hear our, our cries and he'll heal our land. So I started doing that and made 100 consecutive campfires in my backyard, prayed with the nation, and talked through the founding principles of America that I learned in this book called The American Covenant. And it's been bringing hope to hundreds of thousands of people, including myself.
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. That's the topic of the first episode of this podcast, The American Covenant. And I don't think a lot of people know the the backstory here. I think, you know, we kind of have this idea that America is an exceptional place and, you know, we've done a lot of great things in this country, but there's a real connection to our founding and the faith behind it. Can you talk about this a little bit?
2: Yes. And this has been so blurred by people who like to throw out this phrase, like it's an atomic bomb toward people of faith, the separation of church and state, and they completely malign it. Um, The big question today, those of us who've been around for Uh, 30 years, 40 years, who have kids, what's going on in our country? How is it that the America we have today is not resembling the America that led the entire world by example with religious freedom, economic freedom, political freedom, uh, the best education, all of these kinds of things? And the simple truth is, is that we have forgotten the sacred covenant that our founding fathers and mothers made with our Creator. And the meaning of that covenant, that sacred promise has been canceled by a secular elite that is at war with the truth and caused us to think that faith has no place in the public square. It has no place in uh, the halls of Congress, that it's something that ought to be private and personal only because once it gets out, it causes problems. And the truth is the opposite is true. It's faith that can bring us back to our roots, that can give us our moral compass again, and that can set us on a path toward healing and hope and prosperity again as a nation. And so that's what I am doing is sharing all these principles through the American Campfire Revival as I take to my backyard, making real campfires and uh, getting this out to the podcast universe.
0: Yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting going through the COVID thing. There was a moment there where I thought you know, maybe we will sort of wake up and and see that, you know, the the things that we deal with on a daily basis are really small in comparison to these larger issues, as you talk about with faith and, and grander principles. And those are the moments where you really need them, right? When the rest of the world seems to be falling apart, that is one of the biggest times you need to have faith. And there was a moment there where I thought maybe we would recapture it, but Lately, it feels like we're going down the wrong road all over again.
2: Yeah, I think we are. And, and what I'm what I'm excited about is that uh, history teaches us some important lessons. And one of the things that John Adams said, uh, as they were dealing with the American Revolution, and morals are in the toilet, spiritual apathy is everywhere. People aren't going to church. They're not reading their Bibles. Um, uh, corruption politically and uh, in the church is sort of commonplace. And then there was this great revolution that took place in people's hearts, a revival, if you will. And and he said that the war was already won once the war for the hearts and the the battle for the mind had been secured by the people with God. All of a sudden, they love God. They wanna do what's right with their neighbor. They have a moral compass that serves as the moral foundation for the laws. And they want maximum freedom under those good laws to be able to grow and, and be blessed and bless others. And so what he said is, it does not take a majority to prevail, but rather a tireless, irate minority, keen on setting brush fires of freedom in the minds of men. That's what I'm trying to do with the American campfire revival is set brush fires of freedom in the hearts and minds of men and women. The trouble is, uh, it's hard to start a fire if the wood is wet. And we have been so saturated with freedom and blessing in this country for so long that it's difficult to get people to, to have a fire burning for liberty and freedom because it's been the norm. We've enjoyed a generation of such blessing that we don't value it anymore, but it's drying up. And dry wood catches fire when there is a spark. And I believe that when we get back to these original principles, the fire is going to continue to spread from school board meetings to city council meetings. People are running for office and getting involved in these midterm elections. And I hope the fires of revival spread zero percent contained out of my backyard, across every county and state uh, and cover this whole land.
0: Yeah, I think you're starting to see it, too. I mean, I do think there is. Uh, a, a movement here where people are, are starting to wake up and see that, you know, the previous God that a lot of the country decided to uh, embrace was government. And that people decided to look towards Washington, D.C. to solve all of their problems instead of relying. I know you talk about it in the podcast, the idea of self-governance. It was something that our founders talked about was only possible among a religious and moral people. Are we the type of people that can execute that vision today?
2: Absolutely, we are. Uh, We, as the family of faith, are the key to turning the nation around. Um, You know, it it really comes down to, do you want freedom to live your life as you want under God? So there is some form of, of moral restraint, and that is the law of love. Love God with all your heart, which is the greatest commandment, and love your neighbor as yourself. Do you want to live like that? and then prosper and live as you like and be able to be generous enough to bless your neighbors and take care of the poor and the needy in your community? Or do you want to serve an all powerful government, an oligarchy? Uh, Do you wanna move towards socialism or communism or even a dictatorship where you have some group of elites that promise to take care of everything from healthcare to education, to your finances, to your, uh, your, your safety in every area? History tells us that never works out well, but if you'll govern yourself under the eternal rules of right, and you will let that be the foundation of your laws and you educate your children in those good principles, you can be both liberated internally from selfishness and greed, and be liberated externally from tyrants and bad governments. And we absolutely can do that today because we have more resources. And a rich heritage of this that's been enshrined in our liberty documents, like the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. And we just need to get back to them and remember what we've forgotten.
0: Mm, yeah, it's so true that when you have self-governing principles of a higher power to understand, all these problems tend to work themselves out. I mean, we had a good run with that idea. and I don't, I don't know why we've tried to abandon it. Um, let me ask you a little bit about when we're talking about government, you live in California. I have to ask you what it's been like over the past couple of years to live there under Gavin Newsom, a guy who clearly seems to be want to be the next president in the United States. I know Gavin Newsom loves Gavin Newsom. What do the people of California <laughs> think about Gavin?
2: Well, it's hard to tell, um, you know, with so much shenanigans going on in uh, the realm of elections we, we had. Um, our governor was recalled here in the state of California, and it's just shocking to me to see how the most conservative places in California allegedly voted for him again. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but I'm sure glad that there are poll watchers. I am so glad people are waking up and they are paying attention and realizing that uh, it's now or never. We've got to get out of the bleachers and get into the arena and fight for what we believe in. And we gotta do it the right way. We don't do it top down like um, uh, Mr. Newsom does where you just impose rules on people, but you do it from the bottom up. You do it from your kitchen table as you teach your children faith and morals, and you educate yourself and learn who we are uh, and what we've done in the past to overcome these problems. If we don't know what we've done, we'll forget who we are. And if we ever forget that we're one nation under God, uh, like Ronald Reagan said, we will be a nation gone under. Mm-hmm. So uh, living here in California has been challenging, but it's my home and I don't want to retreat. I want to fight for what matters in the place where my children uh, have grown up because what happens in California eventually spreads to the rest of the nation. So we wanna stop the bad here and start to proliferate
0: the good. Thank you for being on the front lines. There, uh, we do appreciate it, Kirk. Uh, last one for you here. Uh, we're going through. You know, we went through a, little, a couple of really rough years with COVID. A lot of a lot of really awful things happened. Was there something though to take positive, making the best of a bad situation? Whether it was with family or reconnecting with your faith. I mean, there are a lot yeah. of positive stories like that.
2: There sure are. Um, personally, I love the time with my family. Um, and one of the most amazing things happened is that no one saw this one coming but since so many schools were shut down in california during the pandemic lockdowns parents had their kids sent home to learn public school curriculum on their laptops in their living rooms and when parents saw the horrific things that their children were being taught every the everything from being taught that they can choose their own pronouns to uh, 1619 Project, to CRT, to hate hate our God, hate our country, hate uh, the parents' oversight in their life. They yanked their kids out of school by the droves mm. and homeschooling doubled during the pandemic. And so I actually had a chance to make a documentary all about the increase in families who are now taking back education and putting faith and freedom back into their children's lives by teaching them at home. And I made a documentary called The Homeschool Awakening to document all of this. So there's actually a lot of good things that have come out of this, particularly for those who have eyes uh, of faith, because then you can see uh, past the, the, the dark veil and the curtain and understand that um, you know every individual person has been given an assignment. And if you've got kids, there's your number one assignment And I think that the family is the number one instrument that uh, has always been used to bring about hope and healing in the world. And we're getting back to those values right now because of these challenging
0: times. Very cool. We do need an American Campfire revival. Kirk Cameron is here to light the spark. The podcast is out now. Make sure to check it out and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Kirk, thanks so much for doing this and coming on the program. Thanks,
2: man. Appreciate you. Keep up the great work.
0: Have you seen that housing market lately? It's a pretty interesting place to be. If you're buying or selling a home, no matter where you are in the country, you need to make sure that the transaction goes the best way possible. And that's why realestateagentsitrust.com exists. It's to bring you the best agent in your area, whether you're buying or selling a home. If you happen to maybe not be quite as brave as Kirk and staying on the front lines in California, and you might be moving to Texas or Tennessee or Arizona or Florida, wherever you're going, You might not know anyone in that area. How are you going to get a real estate agent? You're just going to click on a name underneath an ad? That's never a good way to go. You've got to find someone who's been screened and has the best results in your area, someone who knows the market really well. If you're selling a home, the same thing applies. It's really, really important to do so. So go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Give them some basic info. They will contact you. Make the introduction to the best agent in your area. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Check it out now, realestateagentsitrust.com. Well, the Supreme Court is back in session. Don't worry, not going to play the Katanji Brown Jackson song again. I promise. Uh, but I will say uh, that I don't know if the Supreme Court can live up to what they did last term. Like, I kind of—it's got to be a letdown, right? This has got to be like the crappy sequel. But every once in a while, there's a Godfather two, right? You know, uh, every once in a while, you get one of those. The sequel maybe as good. Aliens. Every once in a while, you get that. So hopefully, we're going to get that this time. I will remind you, of course, of uh, our 62422 merch. We have that. That's the day, by the way, they announced the decision. Roe versus Wade overturned. You can get that at StuDoesMerch.com. The code is Stu10. That'll save you 10% off all the stuff that we have in the stores. We get closer uh, to the election. It's going to be key in your mind. The Senate, in particular, if they, if the left can keep control of the Senate, and God forbid some terrible thing happens. They can change the balance of the court and you can lose all this stuff. So it's important to make sure that we watch these things closely. And if you are the type of person who's maybe on the pro-life side of things and you want to commemorate that day, we, we love this stuff. I love it. Six twenty-four twenty-two. Check it out. StuDoesMerch.com. StuDoesMerch.com. Code is Stu10. Hey, everybody, don't worry. Gas prices are super duper low now. They're really low, very low. Remember when they were like the highest they'd ever been? And now they've come way down to, you know, the second highest they've ever been. Well, that was at least a couple of weeks ago. Now they're coming back up again. Yeah, that's where we are right now. What do you do in that situation? How do you save money? Well, upside is a great way to save money. You can save. I think the first time I used upside, I saved something like 20 cents a gallon on my gas 20 cents a gallon that's a lot that's like a couple good weeks of the inflation that we're looking at it just wiped off the map uh, why not take the free money that's out there i know it's important whether you're buying gas groceries you're dining out with every purchase you can earn cash back thanks to upside to get started just download the free upside app you can use the promo code stew and get five dollars or more cash back on your first purchase Of 10 bucks or more next you can claim an offer with whatever you're you know wherever you are just check in at the business pay as usual with a credit card you don't have to it's not like all clunky it's nice and easy and you can get up to like three times more cash back than the typical rewards programs upside users can earning more than a million dollars every week and they've got a great rating on the App Store That's because people love it. Free Upside app is available now. Use the code STU, get five bucks or more cash back on your first purchase of 10 bucks or more. Just use the code STU with the Upside app. I'm sort of obsessed with this this Fetterman Oz race in Pennsylvania, largely because it's so freaking bizarre. Uh, Fetterman is an absolutely terrible candidate, even if he didn't have a stroke, yet he's a guy he can't even campaign because he had a stroke and can't talk. He's terrible before the stroke, even worse after it. And that's really sad, but true. And then he's going against Dr. Oz, who like, honestly, I don't think was the greatest candidate uh, in the world uh, on the Republican side, uh, but is uh, now narrowing this race quite a bit, largely because of, of what's going on. I mean, part of this, I think Fetterman had a big lead early on, I think largely because of sympathy. People were, you know, felt bad for a guy having a stroke and he was having a tough time, but now they're kind of seeing him Wait a minute. I'm starting to picture him doing this job, and that's a big problem. The race is closed now to uh, between two and five points in almost every single poll. the The average was nine points It's come down to around four, and it's still, you know, they're supposed to have a debate at some point. Let's see if that actually happens. Also, this is resurfacing. This is video from a local news broadcast from years ago about John Fetterman. Watch this, and I'll try to walk you through it. And get this. It is showing that man right there he is a local mayor and believe it or not what he's headed to do he's about to vandalize the sign at a local business in his town channel 4 Action news reporter sheldon ingram live tonight or sheldon is reporting the story he says the mayor admitted he did it mayor
1: john fenneman shows us how he rearranged the wording on a club he doesn't even own he
0: actually knew he was captured by surveillance cameras but he didn't care in fact, he says he wanted to be seen on camera. I know that they have cameras out front, and it was my way of putting them on notice. So it was a very public way uh, that I chose to, you know, put him on notice that, hey, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're going to shut you down. <laughs> <laughs> he actually went up and vandalized a sign on camera at a business. Now, we can't get him on camera at all now because uh, he wants to hide from everyone. But uh, Fetterman, uh, <laughs> just, he just is a bizarre, bizarre dude. Come on, Pennsylvania. You got to do better than this. Okay, uh, finally, I want to hit this this bizarre Kim Kardashian story for a second. Now, I know that might not be exactly up your alley as far as the news story goes, but bear with me for a second here. I'm not a Kardashian fan. Don't watch the Kardashians. Understand that it's kind of an absurd part of her culture. But she just got fined by the SEC. One point two six million dollars over an Instagram post. Now, she was, uh, she was supporting a crypt- cryptocurrency. She got paid, basically, as an influencer, which is her job, uh, to uh, promote a cryptocurrency called Ethereum Max. Now, I know nothing about Ethereum Max, but she wrote, are you guys into crypto? This is not financial advice, but sharing what my friends just told me about the Ethereum Max token. A few minutes ago, Ethereum Max burned 400 trillion tokens. (laughs) I mean, this might be your first sign that maybe it's not the greatest cryptocurrency in the world. Literally 50% of their admin wallet giving back to the entire Emacs community. And then it says at at the end, a bunch of hashtags, including the hashtag ad, which is like telling you that it's an ad. But apparently she didn't disclose how much money she was making on the promotion, and therefore she got in trouble with the SEC, and they fined her a million dollars over it. I mean, to me, completely ridiculous trying to make a, a, an example out of her, which, you know, again, I, I have no... I'm not a Kardashian defender, per se, but this is completely ridiculous. We all understand what influencers do. She actually went through the trouble of putting, this is not financial advice, hashtag ad. What more do we have to know about it? Well, anyway, that's the the problem with this country. Too much harsh treatment of Kardashians. Well, there's only one Stu does America, just like there's only one undefeated team in the National Football League. And uh, I want to do some research, look up who that might be. Anyway, blazetv.com slash Stu is the place to go. Use the promo code Stu to save 10 bucks. Go birds. We'll see you tomorrow.